Hi, everybody. Welcome to Houston Sports Weekly, our weekly podcast here on KPRC2. Click to Houston.com and KPRC2+. Plus. Been on a little bit of a break uh, during the course of uh, this Texan season as we bring you all the coverage on Inside the Texans on uh, Mondays and the D'Amico Ryan's news conference as well. But we wanted to do a special program for today as we uh, talk Texans, state of the Texans, and kind of where things stand right now after eight games fresh off that victory uh, over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We are uh, pleased to be joined on this episode of Houston Sports Weekly, a name, a face you know well, Aaron Wilson, our insider for Click2Houston.com. Aaron, how are you, man? Doing great, Randy. How you doing? Doing well. I mean, this, uh, man, you've covered this team a while. I've covered the team a while. It's been some dark days in recent years, but there's excitement. There's buzz in this city. And what we saw that went down Sunday against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, no doubt, uh, brought that excitement level up even more. Right. Legitimate reason for excitement. When you have some things to be optimistic about, when you have a quarterback that is one of the top quarterbacks, not just top rookie quarterbacks, but the top rookie quarterback. And one of the top quarterbacks, I think, regardless of experience in the NFL, you have a, a head coach that was in heavy demand and it's gotten them to a four and four record with some quality wins over the Steelers, the Saints, the Jaguars. And I count the Buccaneers. It was a dramatic, difficult game for them to win. Buccaneers are a talented team, even though they've lost four games in a row. They have some good football players, especially on defense. So what they did, I think, is very impressive and bodes well for their competitiveness going forward. And who knows where this ends up. If they manage to even just stay a 500 or contender team for the remainder of the season, I think that's a big win. And they're way ahead in this cycle of the rebuild because they're still in the rebuild. Let's walk through what went down Sunday in that final, uh, what, 46 seconds. I mean, we, we've we all seen what C.J. Stroud has accomplished already as a rookie. Um, he took another giant step. I mean, let's be honest. This guy is still a young football player, but I think he's blown a lot of the expectations for him away through these first eight games. I'll raise my hand. I was one of them that needed proof that he could be a franchise guy. I freely admitted that on the air back in the summer. And even the first couple of games, I said, all right, I need I need to see more. Well, I've seen enough. Uh, that was a big step. That was a big moment that he handled with, with just poise. And he marched him right down, what, 75 yards, 40 seconds, and then just fired that pass in. And it had to be a precision pass to Tank Dell. And that's exactly what C.J. Stroud delivered. Right. When you think about poise, command, accuracy, displayed all of those things, maturity. He's only 22 years old. Everybody Amazing. probably needs to keep that in mind, how young he is. And you think about CJ and all of his potential for future growth. This is just the start. So he'll get better, I believe, because he has a great work ethic. He loves the game of football, and he's a very smart young man. But, yeah, that drive that you mentioned, so you start off throwing it to Dalton Schultz, getting yourself in position. And then you hit a really nice throw. I think the best throw of the drive was the one to Tank Dell before the touchdown, the oh, twenty-six yeah. yarder. Such a tight one, thirty, right? Great, great throw yeah. and great read. And the defensive back probably should have played against uh, Tank instead of going for Schultz. It would have been a different type of play in all likelihood. And then the way he used his eyes to look off the defensive backs—that's advanced stuff. 
and only really well-coached yeah. and really coachable quarterbacks do that. He's now on pace for 4,800 yards, 30 touchdowns, and two interceptions. Mm. Don't know if he'll finish at those numbers, obviously, but that is the pace he has set through eight games midway through the season. Yeah, and uh, I – I think everybody's in agreement. The best is still yet to come for Stroud. Just the quick development, and uh, how about the way he spread it around the other day? And I mean, just what three guys went over a hundred yards? Noah Brown. How about Noah Brown stepping up? Um, yeah, Dalton Schultz had a big game. Ten catches, I think, for what a buck thirty. I believe that's what it was. Noah Brown six for one fifty three. Then you had uh, Tank Dell went over a hundred as well. He spread it around. He's using his guys. I mean, Tank Dell's stepping in. Schultz is starting to develop and really be a big part of this offense. And, of course, Noah Brown stepped up. Uh, man, just this team is playing with confidence right now. Right. And everyone back in the summer and I think throughout the offseason wondered, do they have enough firepower? Do they have enough weapons for a quarterback to really be effective? And the answer is, yes, they do. They just needed to really a committee approach. And – Sometimes it's Nico Collins, sometimes it's Tank Dell, sometimes it's Noah Brown, sometimes it's Dalton Schultz, and you know they spread the football around. Robert Woods is injured right, right now, so he's got a foot injury. He's not playing right now. But you think about what they're getting out of these guys. The four touchdowns in the second half alone, and he's 15 for 20 in terms of completion percentage just in the second half, what he did. just truly remarkable, and you think about – you know, these receivers, they're all different. Dalton Schultz is a receiving tight end. Noah Brown's kind of a speed guy, even though he's a big guy. Tank Dell's a little bit of everything. And then Nico Collins is that classic possession receiver that's got a little bit of ability to stretch the field and good after the catch and the biggest guy they have. I think it's an interesting group. And, you know, at this point, obviously, they were underrated by, you know, what people thought of them in the offseason. Yeah. You know, Nico was getting most of the attention along with Tank. But you think about the whole group. I mean, Noah Brown, that 75-yard touchdown, that ties Michael Pittman from the Colts for the longest touchdown catch of the season. And he was on injured reserve for a while there with a groin injury. Now he's back and contributing. Let's circle back to uh, to Stroud's day. 470 yards, Aaron. Uh, I think that set, that set a new NFL rookie record, right, for quarterback? For yes. Yardage. It uh, breaks Mark Bolger's record, yep. Yep, and then he had the five touchdowns. Uh, and another clean football game. I mean, no interceptions. Uh, I think he was sacked two or three times, but he continues now. What is it? One interception now in the first eight games. One interception. Yeah, which is he already accepted. Who would have predicted, who predicted that? Who would have predicted that? For Nobody. Well, we were watching him get intercepted in practice, and I know the Texans have a good defense, but what it showed is that practice doesn't always say what kind of gamer you are. Yeah. And I think CJ is a real gamer. Not that he doesn't try in practice. One of the reasons sometimes that quarterbacks throw interceptions in practice is because they're trying things and they're attempting the difficult throw because they want to challenge themselves. And some guys are like CJ too, I think, where the competition of a game and the thrill of that heightens his really keen awareness of surroundings and how he places the football. It just makes him a better quarterback. It brings out the best in him. And that's what you'd rather have. Would you rather have a practice squad All-American like a Rudy or would you rather have a gamer like CJ? Obviously a gamer. So you think about where he is now as a quarterback and, you, you know, you go back to the offseason. We thought he'd be solid at least. You know, we saw all the potential, but he was nowhere near this consistent. Right. 
And that's why he's the NFL record holder. Most passes without an interception to start his career. How about all the, uh, if you look back at the draft, I mean, you, you walked through it. You know, it was all the consensus number one. It's got to be Bryce Young. Uh, and you're seeing the struggles that Bryce Young is having on a, on a bad football team right now. But then you've got, uh, you know, Stroud's obviously doing what he's doing big time and in line, I think, for rookie of the year. He might might have already earned it by now. Uh, but you got uh, Will Levis is going to be, I think, interesting to watch. What do you think? Uh, now that he's going there in Tennessee, had a good start uh, in his first uh, outing last week. You know, not as good, but decent. Uh, what do you see moving forward now in the development of these guys? Is Bryce just going to be more of a project, a lot more than people thought? I think it's difficult for Bryce. His offensive line is probably the worst of the rookie quarterback's offensive lines that they have to work with. So six sacks, ten hits, even in a you know win over the Texans. And I thought he played very well. I was really impressed with him and how tough he is. Yeah. But you see it takes a Herculean effort for him as a smaller quarterback to get the job done. I think size is a big factor in some of the things for Bryce, the passing lanes, the sight lines, being able to see over your alignment, all of those things. I thought Anthony Richardson was going to have a good season until he had that season-ending shoulder injury. Mm-hmm. I really liked Richardson. I thought he did some good things against the Texans. He had a concussion. Then he gets a shoulder injury. Levis is interesting. He's got a cannon of an arm, strongest arm of all of them. And I think that suits DeAndre Hopkins, being able to throw deep be able to put the football where other guys aren't going to get it. And it looks like he's come a long way in terms of mechanics. I know he's not a finished product, and he's a bit raw, especially compared to the polish of C.J. Stroud. But I do like Levis's upside, and it was hard not to, you know, in the draft process, like some things about him physically. Just wondered, would he mentally be able to handle it all? And so far, off to a good start. Need to see more of a sample size. Absolutely, no doubt. We'll see how that plays out. Hey, uh, we're going to pitch right now to some sound uh, from C.J. Stroud following Sunday's comeback win. Listen into that, and then we'll come back and wrap up uh, segment number one. Here's a listen now to rookie quarterback C.J. Stroud. Uh, they had uh, scored. Um, uh, he gave us 46 seconds left, and he was walking off the field. And every time like I like I walk off the field and I'm not feeling the best, I know the look. And he had that look. I was like, hey, bro, and I, I made him stop, and I made him look at me in my eyes. I was like, hey, bro, I got you. And he and they've done that to me. Like when my head was down, they went and got a stop, and gave us the ball back, and and we either did something with it, we didn't. And this time, like I just wanted to let them know, man. Just like you're here for me, I'm here for you. Uh, so man, I love JG. He had a great game and a great player, man. I, and I'm I'm blessed to be on the team, not only with him, but just dogs, man, and people who want to play football. I think it's something that can get us rolling. Um, like momentum is everything in this league and in the game of football. So uh, we got to ride this momentum and work really hard in practice this week. And uh, we weren't perfect out there, though. We're never going to be perfect, but uh, we got to clean up some things. Got to run the ball a little better as well. Um, but I think, as you can see, like man, I don't think we can be stopped um, when we're on our when we're on our A game. So um, it's a big time win for us. And as you see, like November and December is when we want to be playing the best ball. Uh, so now we just want to upscale, uptrend, and, and trailblaze into the playoffs and hopefully uh, get a chance to win a division everything like that. So we've got a lot of work to put in, though. All right, that was quarterback C.J. Stroud Sunday after that come-from-behind win. Obviously a, a guy full of confidence, Aaron, a guy who believes he can get the job done. And uh, he, he, wants the, he wants everything on his shoulders. And I, nothing's too big for him right now, and he's shown that. 
love the way he handles everything too, Randy. You know, he's someone that has really puts a personal touch on things, knows everyone's name, uh, jokes around sometimes with reporters, took the time in his bye week to have a really great youth football camp over at Houston Christian High School. He's very thoughtful about his mom, about his teammates. In that press conference after the game, Randy, he thanked the offensive line. He thanked Bobby Slowick. D'Amico Ryans, all of his receivers. He pointed out Tank Dell's downfield block, which was a great block on Noah Brown's touchdown. And I think he's just – that was one thing I would say about him in his demeanor and his thoughts, how he is. Very thoughtful. He stopped to pose with the kid with the game ball that he was given by D'Amico Ryans after the game and yeah. really dotes on his mom, uh, who's there every step of the way. Kimberly Stroud, always there, home and road to support and cheer on her son. So a really neat – neat story that we're getting to cover and uh nothing about him surprises me first time i met him i've always been impressed and just think very highly of him i mean his his press conferences i think after games win or lose and then during the week on uh, what wednesdays it's to me it's must see tv because it's the way he carries himself he you wouldn't know that he's a 22 year old rookie but it's by the way he speaks and handles himself Coming out of a program like Ohio State, that's carried right into the National Football League. Right. Real likable guy and very professional. And I've never, ever thought that he was anything but authentic. He's always very genuine with everyone. And he takes time for people. And you've seen in the past sometimes there might be a star quarterback. You only talk to him on Wednesdays and Sundays. But, yeah, he's always available to say hi and chat with and maybe uh, sometimes joins in in some of the fun conversations about who's the best basketball player that media and some of the offensive linemen he gets stressed by in the locker room. So yeah, I just think CJ checks a lot of boxes for a good guy. And, you know, we do an annual media good guy award winner. I think he'd be a candidate for he, that. He might be I want to say it here. Yeah. <laughs> offensive rookie leader, definitely the front runner for that. But how about offensive most valuable player, offensive player of the year, one of those awards, maybe he should be in the conversation for that as well. Hey, one last question before we go to break. Uh, since that game on Sunday, you're well aware, as am I, that, I mean, C.J. Stroud and the Texans, for that matter, are getting a lot of love since that come-from-behind win, but specifically Stroud. Uh, hey, it's well-deserved. He's, he's breaking out, and he's, he's making a statement here, but it's good to see the national coverage uh, that they're that they're getting, but hey, you're only good as only as good as your last game, though. You got to move forward and get it done. Right. My my theory on national coverage, especially when you're an up and coming team, they've had they've taken on the chin for a while, so I think they want to enjoy the moment and you know do a lot of these interviews and and that's fine. Uh, but the things that he says and a lot of these players, they're the same things they already said here in Houston with. Uh, our beat with uh, all the locals that all do a great job covering the team. So I, I don't like, I know some people get excited about that. Uh, maybe I'm just a little different. I don't, <laughs> I don't care what, if someone, he went on the Van Pelt show, he did the, what's different. He's yeah, just saying he, the yeah, same. They're, yeah. They're not saying anything different. I guess about we have a, point, we have a big audience in Houston like, too. Yeah. It's just getting national coverage. It's it, only because they haven't gotten any over the last several years. And it's been certainly... so negative. I mean, they deserved yeah. a lot of the uh, criticism they've gotten. So right. you got to enjoy the moment. And 
But why you're not right. You're, you're right. Nothing, yeah. nothing new is being said on these appearances or anything it's, like that. But it's the same convos. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Almost identical. But all right, uh, we're gonna take a break. Hey, Aaron, we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, I want to talk uh, just you know guys like Schultz, uh, the lack of running game. Uh, what you're thinking of that. And also we'll have some sound from D'Amico Ryans as well as we get ready for Cincinnati. So stick around. Uh, we're going to take a break here on Houston Sports Weekly, having a good conversation with our insider from clicktohouston.com, Aaron Wilson, who covers the entire National Football League, does it at a very high level. More of our conversation with Aaron and more Texans talk on the special edition of Houston Sports Weekly. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back to Houston Sports Weekly, our weekly podcast here on uh, KPRC2 and click2houston.com, your weekly dose of what's happening across H-Town sports. Pleasure to continue our conversation now for a few minutes uh, with our Texans insider from click2houston.com, Aaron Wilson. Aaron had a great uh, first segment really on the the impact that C.J. Stroud has made. Let's hit on a couple things, and then I want to run some video from D'Amico Ryans, and then we'll wrap it up here today. But – I want to ask you about a, uh, how about a guy like Dalton Schultz, uh, and we know Noah Brown had a great game as well, but Schultz uh, coming over a key move there by Nick Casario and D'Amico Ryan's in the off season, and man, he's starting to show signs that he and Stroud are on the same page. And we saw what happened in the victory over the Bucks: ten catches, 130 yards, and that touchdown. Man, if they keep that going with Schultz, that's going to be big. Right. Randy, when they signed him in the offseason, they did a one-year deal. He was the former Cowboys franchise player, and they were looking for someone to give them more of a receiving threat. You know, last year they had Tegan Quintero, they had Brevin Jordan, they had O.J. Howard. They tried a lot of things. Jordan Aikens was their best receiving tight end. They really needed to replace that production. They did that and more with Dalton Schultz, really capable receiver, good hands, runs great routes. Uh, I think someone that really understands spacing and is really an intelligent football player. And him and CJ have really clicked. And I think early in the year, they're probably underutilizing Dalton. But now they're getting the most out of Dalton Schultz. And this is really vintage Dalton Schultz and what you can expect from him. Well, Schultz was a pickup in the offseason. Noah Brown was a pickup in the offseason. I mean, a couple of – hey, you look at the the decision makers over there inside of that building. And uh, so far, those two guys – uh, among some others, are, are starting to pay off. Uh, right now, I want to listen. Let's listen in to a little bit of sound, if we can, from Dalton Schultz. He spoke at NRG Stadium on uh, Monday, uh, the day after that victory over the Tampa Bay Bucks. Let's listen in now to Dalton Schultz. The communication's been clear. It's been clear for weeks, but um, I think just getting over that hump of making those tight plays. Um, you go back and you watch the film. I mean, there's multiple you know, multiple passes, you know, and those last two especially were like, he hits tank and like, it's got to be a perfect ball. And he throws a perfect ball. And so I think, you know, getting to that point where it's like, you know, we've been so close in the past few weeks and like finally, you know, we're able to put a drive together and really put it on CJ's shoulders to get it done. And like, he stepped up in a big way. Yeah, I mean, that's just who CJ is. Like, he's going to say that like to anybody. I mean, he's got you know, an unbelievable belief, um, you know, not only, not only in himself, but in those around him. Um, and that's just him being a leader. You can talk about all those things all you want, but I mean, at the end of the day, it's Bobby who green lights all that stuff. And so, you know, for CJ to have the trust in his receivers and guys catching the ball to make those adjustments and like not only throw that ball and, 
and a rep that literally we haven't ever gotten to Bobby greenlighting that and like Bobby trusting in CJ and everybody else to do it. Like to me, that says more about, you know, Bobby being able to trust a young rookie to hand those keys off and be like, Hey man, like get it done. I mean, we all knew like, you know, what we're able, what we're capable of. And, you know, even after a hard fought win like that, like we could have played so much better, like, you know, on both sides of the ball. And I think, um, you know, we've been we've been seeing glimpses and talking about it for a long time, and I think to just finally have it show up, and not, by nothing more than getting a win in a hard-fought game like that, like, you know, it gives the team a lot of confidence. Um, you know, like at the end of the day, like we all believe that that's going to happen every week, um, but to actually get the end result, different story. All right, that's a uh, tight end Dalton Schultz with a few words this uh, past. Uh, Monday as they uh, celebrated the win over the Bucks, but Aaron, they moved on quickly as uh, D'Amico said, enjoy it, but turn the page. I think he told the guys, hey guys, it's over. Time for Cincinnati now. A uh, couple nuggets before we wrap it up. I want to ask you real quick, how concerned should we be right now with the lack of a, of a running game? Uh, of course, we knew the Bucks were a pretty good run defense, but they didn't get hardly anything. Your leading rusher had, what, 26 yards, Singletary? Uh, they've got to get that going in some, some way, some form or fashion to, to be successful here in this back half of the year. Right. The last time that CJ had a game close to this was 384 yards against the Colts, and they didn't win. And I think for them to build off of this with the real, really outpouring of offensive output there, I think they've got to have something where they're not one-dimensional, and they're going to have to really reassert the running game and perhaps Damian Pierce, I heard there's a chance that Damian could come back from that ankle injury, miss this last game. I think we saw that it's difficult for Devin to break a lot of tackles. He's a quick runner, but they still need Damian and his power. I know Damian's not having the year he did last year, but yes, you need to improve this running game, and perhaps they will. And they're not going to have the same field goal kicker. They had to make a change with Kaimi Fairburn is going to miss up to three weeks per sources. With a strained yeah. quadriceps, won't need to be placed on injured reserve. They signed Matt Amendola, as we first reported today, and they brought back Graylin Arnold uh, to play safety and nickel with them placing MJ Stewart shoulder fracture on IR. And as we reported, Hassan Ridgeway, torn Achilles. Uh, so they have added Brady Breeze to the practice squad and cut um, <clears throat> a player from the practice squad, uh, one of the centers that they signed last week. So, you know, you think about the Texans, definitely need to upgrade the running game, and special teams might not be quite the same, and yeah. you don't want to have to have an emergency kicker running back, Dario Gumawale, who did a great job, but ideally you have a kicker. I think at least with Amendola, he can make extra points. He can make some short field goals. He has kicked for a lot of different teams, including the Jets. Well, hopefully we'll get Fairbairn back. All right, last question, Aaron. Let's dive real, real quickly. Uh Tough task going to Cincinnati. This Bengals team is playing at a really high level after kind of a slow start to the season. But Joe Burrow and that offense, defense is playing well. They're going to have their hands full Sunday. What do you think the keys are going in as the Texans are riding momentum, but they're also, as you pointed out, they're dealing with some injuries right now? Tough matchups. T. Higgins, Jamar Chase. Jamar's maybe iffy for the game. I think he'll play. He's got a back injury. And Joe Burrow, Joe Cool back there in the pocket. Real gunslinger, a former Ohio State Buckeye, LSU Tiger, 
And I think it's a great quarterback matchup. And that's what I think will be the overriding theme of this game is Joe Burrow versus C.J. Stroud. You know, they'll play against each other directly, but who yeah. outperforms each other. And then they've got a good defense. they got guys like D.J. Reader and uh, Hendrickson, Trey Hendrickson. They've got some good football players. This will be tough. And the Texans will be missing some guys on defense. I didn't mention this before, but I would have some concern whether Jimmy Ward will be able to play. I think Jimmy could miss this game. So they are going to be shorthanded in the secondary, and it could be another difficult game for the Texans. I don't expect them to be favored to win, but when you have C.J. Stroud, you, you're you in every know. game. You can't, especially if they're you in going to the fourth quarter. He's showing, hey, he's dangerous. He can make the big plays. You know, they're going to be underdogs. There's no doubt about it. But uh, even if it is a setback, maybe they'll steal one. But even if it is, you're coming back home for what, two? Is it uh, two straight? Three straight? Something like that? Two straight. How many? Yeah. And the uh, game against Arizona, it'll yeah. only be Kyler Murray. Second game right. back, Kyler's returning. That's activated today officially. That's a winnable yep. game, man. And say you lose at Cincy, you win that Arizona game. You're 5-5 five and five after 10 games. You're very much in this race. you got Jacksonville, I believe, coming in. Uh, as well, and that's going to be Circle a big your game calendar, with... November twenty sixth. Yeah. yeah, that's. I think that's going to have a lot to do with this division race in the South Division. Absolutely, Aaron. As always, man, great work, uh, man. You had a great week. Uh, breaking stories left Thank and you. right on ClickToHouston.com, my, like you always do. My, uh, my best a... was Carson Wentz. I think Carson yeah. Wentz to the Rams. You were all over that, man. <laughs> Everybody's giving you <laughs> that credit. Was a good that was one. great. I appreciate but, uh, it. Thank no, you, keep man. Up, keep up the great work. Uh, we'd love having you part of Click2Houston.com and KPRC2 Sports. And uh, we'll talk to you Sunday on Sports Sunday. You'll be there covering the yes. game, and Chancellor Johnson will In be Cincinnati. there as well. And we'll talk to you guys Absolutely. on Sports Sunday. Aaron Wilson, our insider for Click2Houston.com, hanging out here. Hope you enjoyed the conversation, talking all things Texans here on Houston Sports Weekly. We're going to wrap it up. Hey, we'll do it again and uh, check it out every Friday, most Fridays at least. We'll try to do it a little bit more often on KPRC 2 Plus and click2houston.com. Have a great weekend, everybody.